we can be gravely unfaithful to the Lord mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again up to the point of death and the Lord will still take us back every time, every time, every mm-hmm. time, every time. It's unfathomable and yeah. we just don't even see this kind of love. And welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimitate. I'm joined here with Aaron and Brad. Yeah, Good to meet you. Yeah. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Good to meet you for the first time ever. Yeah, well, well done. Well done. Uh, hey, guys, this is uh, a great show. Thank you so much for joining us. We love to just highlight just the powerful encounters with Jesus Christ and how an encounter with Jesus leads us into a life of mission. So that whole idea of beyond Damascus, that Damascus moment that Paul had, that encounter with Jesus Christ that led to a life-changing um reality where he went on mission and brought the entire Gentile community to the gospel of Jesus, which is pretty awesome. And it's the call we have. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the power of the cross. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great opportunity just to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. Brad, Mm -hmm. you want to open us in prayer? I can, yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you uh, for the gift of your cross. Thank you for all the ways that you lay your life down for us, we pray that these simple truths of the faith, Lord, like the crucifixion, would never be something that we take for granted, but rather would be something that we reflect on and something that we cherish and that we hold high. And we pray that this conversation today could open our hearts more to the acts of salvation you have for us in this day, that we could encounter your love afresh and anew and move forward into mission to bring that love to others. Jesus, we praise you and we give you glory this day. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 All right, guys. So the cross is kind of a big deal, right? (laughs) like maybe the biggest deal yeah kind of the biggest deal and uh and so like it is just this absolute central mystery in christianity it's all like the focal point of all of our churches like we've had christians wearing crosses around our necks for you know all of these years and yet i wonder like do we meditate on the cross enough, right? Like I think sometimes we actually run the risk of having so many devotions in Catholicism where we, we, we kind of treat the cross as something where like, check, I've already heard that one. Let's move on to a different (laughs) devotion where in reality uh, we, we could have no other devotion than the Mm -hmm. cross for our entire Mm -hmm. spiritual life. And it would be an inexhaustible devotion Mm -hmm. and spiritual life. Yeah. I think you make a good point there in the sense that there are so many, things in the faith that I think we just take as given. It's just like, this has just been around me since I was a kid or since I first came into the faith. And every church has a crucifix in it and they're ornate. And some of them are, are hand painted, and I love the look <laughs> of certain ones and the colors shiny that they and use. Exactly. sparkly. It's and... like we actually get um, so accustomed to things that we lose the profundity of them. And yeah. I think the cross is definitely one of those things that's become so normalized in Christianity for good reason. Yeah. That it can lose its profundity at times. I was uh, I was reflecting the other day. I think I think Dan, I shared this with you. Um, you know, in the in the gospel, when Jesus says, "If if you'll follow after me, then you'll deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me," right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we we only think of the cross post crucifixion of Jesus yep. and resurrection of Jesus. And like hmm. as he was as he was speaking that to his disciples, their only understanding of the cross was was 
legitimately mm-hmm. an instrument of torture. Yeah. So, uh, like, if you would choose to follow after me, then accept torture as your destiny, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It will be a torturous not, existence. Not only torture, but, yeah, just total shame as well yeah. and yeah. rejection from everyone. It was like a, a, a symbol of, like, just like you're trash, you're worthless, mm-hmm. and you're in a seminal of a, a criminal, right? Yeah, like yeah. that you would die a torturous death as a as a criminal mm-hmm. of the state. And so the the idea of them hearing those words, like I mean, no, I don't know if you could say anyone has ever mm-hmm. encouraged someone to follow them in such a way, right? Like <laughs> like come follow me, and you will be completely rejected. You'll mm-hmm. be seen as a criminal mm-hmm. you'll, uh, of the state. You'll you'll be tortured, mm-hmm. and you'll be despised, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, and yeah. they said yes. <laughs> they yeah. they followed him. Yeah, there's something there's something about the the cross that can touch every aspect of our Christianity that like the cross it's um, it's an invitation to humility. It's an invitation to surrender. It's an invitation to lose your life so that you can gain it. It has all of these like amazing, uh, I don't know, things that it can draw us to in the context of Christianity today. But I think it is important to set the stage of just like what it was before we knew it to be what it is now, right? That the the cross was that. It was an instrument of torture. It was a, a place where you went to die and not only die, um, I don't know, a, a, a painful death, but to die a cast out death, right? Because it was outside of the the formal city, right? So go outside and we'll crucify, we'll crucify you. Um, as an outsider, we'll crucify you so that those coming know what we do to those who are outside of um, the realm of what's acceptable. And I think that like, when we see it through that lens, we can kind of see the reason that we have such a solemn heart on Good Friday, like why we have such a, because on the full, like not on the backside, but on the front side of the cross, like it would have been a day, it would have been the darkest day in history. Right. Like it would have been like, oh, when he said the whole cross thing, that actually wasn't hyperbole. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like uh, the, they'll they'll like put me to death. I remember him saying that a few times when we kind of just like moved past it because we yeah. thought it was like oh, another parable oh, of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> He's got these like great stories. And then all of a sudden when it's happening, I think it, when we can bring our hearts today to that time, I think we can begin understanding like, whoa there actually is something really, really weighty um, to the whole story. Yeah, well, just that, I mean, you think about the early followers of Jesus who had placed their hope in him, and they see this man who was supposed to be the Savior and the Messiah Mm -hmm. and the one who was going to restore the kingdom of Israel, right? Brutally beaten and destroyed and crucified. Uh, I mean, that, that, that hope, like... To, to see the one who you thought was the savior of the world mm-hmm. now beaten and destroyed. Mm-hmm. And um, that that would have been a dark day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, right, just right, the, right, right. the misery there. And I, I think that there's so much, there's beauty in meditating on the cross of, like you said, Aaron, in Luke chapter 9, that whole reality of, okay, like that we are called to pick up our cross and to see what Jesus is speaking mm-hmm. it. it to his original followers and to understand what does that mean for me? Like that if, if I were follow, if, if I was that original disciple, what was Jesus speaking to me? And then also to see it in the lens of Paul and, and those early Christian writings of how mm-hmm. they viewed the cross. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just, the, this idea of imagine 
like Paul, like starting to go to a new place that hadn't heard about Jesus yet and, and proclaiming the gospel message, right? Because those original listeners who maybe hadn't heard of the gospel ever before, they they also have a context of what the cross is, right? Mm-hmm. And he starts to share the story of the cross, which is, it almost seems ridiculous <laughs> that, yes. that, that he's encouraging them then to carry their cross. He says to the Corinthians, he says, the message of the cross is complete absurdity mm-hmm. to those um, who are headed for ruin, but to us who are experiencing salvation, it is the power of God. Mm-hmm. So those who are headed to ruin, the, the message of the cross is complete absurdity, right? There's no reason we as Christians would receive this message of the, uh, I mean, we as non-Christians would receive the message of the cross because it seems like just misery, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm called to die to myself. I'm called to, I'm called to suffer. And, and yet he says for those who are experiencing salvation, it's the power. It's mm-hmm. where we experience the the, the power of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if maybe you guys could share how um, how you see the cross as the expression of the power of God. Mm-hmm. I reflect back to you know John Paul II when he says that man can only come to know himself through a complete gift of himself, that mm-hmm. there's, there's something about the cross that actually orients us to mm-hmm. understanding who we are and how we we're created to be, mm-hmm. right? That there's like an archetype that was created in the heart of man mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, can, we can strive for success, we can strive for comfort, we can strive for um, beauty and victory in life, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, like the one thing that we have to give is ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that I think that the, that image captures that, mm-hmm. that, that we're made in the image and likeness of God, um, and that that only makes sense through through the the demonstration of love on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I would I would add to that too. I think um, just around this idea of the power of the cross, that like it doesn't only provide for us the context for the greatest gift of self that you could give, which is for the ultimate purpose, right? So we're always looking to give ourselves the yeah. things. Like throughout my my life, as I reflect back, it's just a constant trial and error of giving myself to things and seeing that they don't satisfy, trying to find some ultimate purpose to actually give your life to. And so we see Jesus do that. And then I think an additional power comes from the fact that like, he actually like in laying down his life in that powerful way, he actually transcends the things we fear the most, which is incredibly powerful that like, what, what do we fear as, as humans? What do we fear in the world that we live in today, we fear isolation. We fear like being exposed. We fear being weakened. We fear all of these like different things. And I think that like, not only is Jesus powerfully showing us what the absolute gift of yourself for a purpose that is ultimate looks like, but he's also saying, and I will take all of these things that hold you back from finding that ultimate purpose and transcend them. Mm. And there's something like incredibly powerful about that. Like when you look at the crucifix and you think to yourself, like, oh, like almost all of your friends turned and left. Your best friend, arguably, denied you three times. You've been stripped naked. You've been beaten to the point where you're unrecognizable as a man. You've lost all of the like narrative that you could have tried to control. And now you lift that up 
in this ultimate self gift. So I think mm-hmm. that the power of the cross for me, it comes from that recognition, like Aaron was saying, that it's an absolute gift, an ultimate gift. And also that it's actually through that gift yeah. that the things that hold us back from gift is like those things are transcendent. Mm-hmm. You know? As you're as you're saying that, even even our own experience of the gospel story, like yeah. I, I think of you know, how do how do I experience Jesus through the gospel narratives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all those all those points at which I just I cheer and I'm like yeah yeah like, yes. you show him Jesus <laughs> do it it's all undone in in those in those three days yeah right right like every everything that I would that I would come to 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 place my confidence in right it yes it kind of falls apart yeah in, in that in that moment yep. yep I have a following of thousands mm. right. Like, um, I'm considered the rabbi to the rabbis. I'm like all of these things that I think are all admirable in a certain sense, right? They're all things we could give our life to. I'm going to give my life to building the biggest following I can. I'm going to give my life to, um, I don't know, the greatest expression of the gifts that I have. Like those aren't even bad things, but that like, I will offer all of those and surrender all of those for the ultimate purpose of laying down my life for the greatest good I can possibly find, Mm. which is for Jesus, right? The unity of creation back to the father. And that's insane. Like that, that's, that is, that is the greatest. um, I don't know. That's just the greatest story ever told. Yeah. It's the greatest story ever told. I think what I'm hearing you guys say is the power of God that comes to the cross, the power of the cross is um, it's salvation Mm-hmm. It's our identity and it's our purpose mm-hmm. that that um, that it, it it is the vehicle for our salvation and I think we we need a we need to chat about that a little bit right <laughs> uh, it, it's the place where Jesus died to teach us how to live it's the place where we discover our own identity mm-hmm. what it means to be human and then it's also our purpose that we discover this is actually the way to life, mm-hmm. that to, to experience this fullness of life, I'm actually going to um, pass through the cross to experience the resurrection. Sometimes it's actually, I find it hard mm-hmm. to sometimes talk about the cross without talking about the resurrection, yeah. right? Because the two, the two, the, they, they aren't meant to be uh, mm-hmm. divided. It, it doesn't yeah. make sense. You can't experience the resurrection without passing through the cross. Mm-hmm. And, and truly, the cross was not an end in and of itself. And mm-hmm. so to speak of the cross without speaking about the resurrection yeah. is almost um, heretical. Yeah. You know, well, it can't be divorced. Of, yeah, yeah, because be you, you, you can't, yeah, it's not an end of itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's the purpose. It's this pathway mm-hmm. to experience the fullness yeah. of life. Why don't we start there with just this, res- like the, the power of the cross being in our salvation, right? Mm-hmm. That like, and maybe this is something we we don't actually reflect on enough but just that like like that without the cross like we are not saved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the, the that, that's that, a big deal yeah that's, that's a big deal yeah um, and, and i the this the idea that jesus christ came into the world to pay a debt that i couldn't pay myself yeah yeah so i think that yeah that's and that's one way of saying it right so the the salvation um, that was one for us in the cross can be seen through three lenses, right? So like the first you're mentioning it, that like it was a cost that we, we couldn't afford, right? Like it's something Jesus had to do. That's the atonement, right? So Jesus is the atoning sacrifice. Um, he's the Paschal lamb, right? So he actually fulfills what God has asked his people to fulfill. Right. And then he's also the victory 
over death, which are all the salvific plan of the Lord. Like, and you can look at it through all those lenses that like Jesus actually came to bridge a chasm we couldn't. You've probably mm -hmm. seen that image before, right? If you've ever been evangelized in your dorm room, someone comes in, they draw a chasm. There's a, a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other, and there's no ability to connect <laughs> the two. But there's a cross with yeah. a horizontal beam, right? And that's the only way by which man can make his way back to God, this atoning sacrifice. Um, and and that's powerful. But to pause into like, like, do we believe that? I right? Know. That like, that it's not my. Yeah, you're right. Because I think we fall into pray that like I'm going to get saved by doing a, a, enough good things, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it is su it's such a simple temptation to to convince ourselves that as long as I overcome all of my sin perfectly, I am somehow earning my salvation. And yes. we would never say those words out loud, but mm -hmm. I think we do yeah, actually hold those. Yeah, But we hold those mentalities mm -hmm. a little bit of even like when I, yes. when I fall into sin, yeah. that I have this mentality of like, dang it, like I, I'm not good enough to earn my salvation or I'm not good. Like I'm not doing good enough. I'm not sp yes. like spiritually. I'm not good enough. I know. And yeah. that's the beauty of the cross. Yep. You're not good enough and you'll never be good enough. That's and right. you're, like the only thing that could possibly save you mm -hmm. is that Jesus Christ, the only one who is good enough yeah. gave his life for you. Yeah. And that he, he like, I, I just, uh, that what, what baffles me is that when we say like Christ died for us, right? Like we use this mm -hmm. language, he, he died for us. And I think it's this idea of like, oh, that's nice. He died as a gift for us. Um, or like, but actually like he died for us, like in the place of us, right? Yeah. That we were, we were the ones who were condemned to death and, and Christ it's as as if well, I'm before that's the Pilate. wage of sin, right? Yeah, right. the wages, so just, of, sin the wages of sin is death. So we actually, yeah. So we went and we got the bill of sin, yep. which led to death. And just just because I, I think we even forget we like forget these the parts. basic gospel. The, message, yeah, that, yeah, like I live a light. Yeah, so I keep going, but I just I think it's important. Like, why did death come into the world? Well, because we fell. Yeah. And why did we fall? Because we turned away from God. Yeah. Right? And so death came, and then death needed to be overcame. Right. Yeah. And the the like we're the one who's standing in front of Pilate condemned mm -hmm. to death and not necessarily Pilate, but just the justice of God that, um, that we are before him and we have a debt that we can't repay. We're condemned to death. And Jesus, he says, I will die for you. Mm -hmm. I will die in your place. And, um, and the father accepts that sacrifice, which is, mm -hmm. is just, it's so baffling that even the father would allow the only one that mm -hmm hasn't rejected him, the only child of his that hasn't um, been kidnapped by the enemy to suffer and die at the hands of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, one, of, one of my favorite reflections in Theology of the Body is on the, the Proto-Evangelium, right? When, mm -hmm. when God makes that declaration at, at the fall of man um, to, to Eve that like the, the serpent will come and will, will strike at the heel um, as ultimately, you know, is foreshadowing the Savior as 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 the Lord Jesus crushes his head, mm -hmm. and um, how like the, the cross is that moment where the perfect orchestrated attack of the enemy is also his undoing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Where um, I, I just I love that imagery, and, and I think the same can be can be applied for us that that like mm -hmm. it's. It's the enemy's perfect plan for our undoing, right? To to um, keep us lied to and lifeless and mm -hmm. and lost, mm -hmm. right? That yep. but mm -hmm. but it's it's the mystery of Jesus that that he's 
is capable of what others meant for our evil bringing to our good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's it's actually it's actually the the our experience of weakness and our experience of pain mm-hmm. and our experience of failure that the Lord is able to twist through yeah. the message of the cross into a into yeah. an instrument of salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the victory of salvation, right? So the the victory that was won over death that um the, the, the only way to transcend death. So I, I love when we um, we correlate death and darkness and life and light, right? That darkness sits until light comes. So darkness, it just, it sits there until light comes. And in the mm. same way, death sat there until eternal life died. Because mm. when the life goes into death, it's over. Right. It's just like if we come into this room and it's dark and it's early in the morning and we flip a light switch on, there's no option for the darkness to sit. Yeah. Right. And in that same way, when Jesus says it is finished and he turns over his spirit, eternal life then goes in and brings out the victory from the claws of death. Like yeah. because death can't sit anymore because life has come. Right. Like that all this language we use, there's actually like a very pragmatic way of understanding it. It's like eternal life went into death into the depths of death and then pervaded it all. Yep. Like, like it can't sit there anymore. And that's why I love, like, I mean, all, all of us just have to like really like root ourselves in the understanding of all these things. Cause like what you were saying, Dan, like we, we have to get this because at the end of the day, it is all that matters that Jesus came and he paid a debt I couldn't pay. And when I actually submit myself to that, I'm actually brought in to that mm. payment. It's kind of like whenever you show up to a dinner and someone decides that they're going to pay for you and them. Every time you go to dinner with Jesus, he pays for you and for him. <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's all gift. There's no paying him back. He's not going to let you go and tip the waiter or waitress. Like <laughs> he's going to handle it. And then the other part, and I I think we've talked well on the atoning piece and and the victorious piece, and there's the Paschal piece too. And I think that matters because let's not forget our history, Mm -hmm. that death was sweeping over and that the Lord spared us from death in a very particular way. And he said, here's a foreshadowing of how to resist death forever. And it's by offering a sacrifice of something perfect, right? Right. Like take, take the perfect spotless lamb that you have in your flock and not the one that's not the one that has some defects or the one that's had some issues or whatever, the perfect one, the the one that, that has not done anything worth this, (laughs) the suffering that will have to come for the sacrifice. Right. And that, that Paschal mystery, like, man, we just hear it so often. I think we've lost it. Well, you, like the spotless lamb is sacrificed. The blood is put on the, the doorpost, which keeps death from passing through. Yeah. Why? Because a perfect life went into death. It's just, it's all, it's, it's all foreshadowing what Jesus yeah. said. And I think we, we, we know these stories, right? And, and I, I would say we've even experienced the power, but I don't know if we experience the power day by day. And so like, we know, we know the, the, the story of the Paschal mystery. Mm. We know the story of the, of the cross being what set us free from sin and, uh, and, and opened the gates of, of, of heaven and uh, gave us the option for eternal life. But then how does that impact our day-to-day reality when I'm struggling and when I fall. And I think there's there's hmm. the what you said, Brad, is so beautiful that just in the same way when I turn the light switch on, I allow light to break through the darkness and the darkness can um can't be there yeah, any longer. And and it, through the cross, eternal life is that light switch that turns on to defeat death. And I wonder like 
seeing our everyday fall like that, that like in the moment that when I fall, I can just turn a light switch back on and mm-hmm. say, yeah, but because of the cross, eternal life like passes through the death in my own life right here mm-hmm. and, and gives me grace. And mm-hmm. I think there's um, that... That it's okay. It's almost. I don't want to say it's okay that we sin, but that that there should be no shame in sin, and there should be no self condemnation in sin because of the cross. Because this wasn't like this. God's plan wasn't that you would willpower yourself into heaven, and His plan wasn't that you would um, never have a fall again once you've received His grace and mercy the first time. That the cross actually—it's a—it's a historic moment, but it's a, a every second moment as well. That in that moment of sin, the cross is made present, yeah. and mm-hmm. it, the the that sacrifice has merit right then and there for you. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm still enough." I'm still enough. Mm-hmm. I'm still enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I just wonder the, I, I don't, I, I have found so much freedom from self condemnation, and but I, in ministry, I find so many people who are broken by it, like uh, yeah. absolutely broken by it. That, that it's as if like when they fall or when they have habitual acts of falling, mm-hmm. that they, they almost. They, they go inward and they're like, well, yeah. why can't I do this? As opposed to going outward and saying, he knew you couldn't. Yeah. Why are you trying yeah, that's to real. do this yeah. on your own? Well, the, 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 I think the, man, that just, there's so many things we can extrapolate from that. But I would say that at least one of them is that we misunderstand guilt. That guilt is actually to come to tell me that I'm not where I want to be. Not to say that I'm like forever, like responsible for being in this place. Like, I I think that a lot of times we um, we just kind of put shame, condemnation, and guilt all in the same box and say, mm-hmm. like, the Lord alleviates all of that, or He alleviates none of it. Like we do that absolute thing. Well, maybe no, the Lord the doesn't bring shame. He doesn't bring condemnation. The Lord brings a particular kind of guilt. That's why we examine our conscience. Well, and it's, it's, it's contrition. Right. contrition. No, exactly. Sor- sorrow for sin where 100%. my heart is broken because yes. I know that the wages of sin are death, yeah. but not, uh, but not in a way that says that I, uh, I'm, I'm divorced of, of the father's love. Yeah. Anymore. No, the guilt comes from the fact that I know that Jesus won the victory and I'm called to stand alongside him. And at this moment, yeah. I'm not. That's what it comes from. It's not, it's like, and, and that should yeah. be able to be turned over to, well, I'm going to run back to him as fast as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like guilt is actually supposed to propel us, not, not, um, not stop us. Yeah. Right. Like that's actually supposed to be a propelling act that like, Jesus, you want a victory. And I know that the chasm is no longer a chasm, but there's a way by which to, to cross it. Yeah. And it's with you. And if I, if I have this sin, it's like, Oh, wow. Like just for a moment, I decided not to be with you. Let me get back to you. So I think exactly what you're saying is right, Dan. I just want to frame that in that light because I think what ends up happening is someone could hear what you're saying and go, well, no, there's a healthy guilt. That's why we examine our conscience. But then on the other side, someone could say, well, in Jesus, there's no shame, condemnation, or guilt. Like both of those absolutes are wrong. Yeah. Both of those absolutes are wrong. It's that in Jesus, the victory's been won. So shame and condemnation go by the wayside. And the only guilt that comes in is when I recognize that I'm actually not actively partaking in the victory that's always available to me. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I the I think the um I I'm just Giovanni and I were having a conversation in the car. He's he's my eleven uh, year old son and it, the <laughs> Uh, I can't even remember what he did, and he's like, "Yeah, Dad, I'm j- I'm just 
I'm trying so hard to be a good boy. I just really want to be a good boy. And, hmm. um, and I was like, from sincerity of heart, I was like, Giovanni, the thought has never crossed my mind yeah. that you're not a good boy. Mm-hmm. I've never once, and like all of the, and he harasses his sisters like crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the thought has never once crossed my, it, it hasn't even popped in my head that you're not a good boy because I, I, I see nothing but goodness in him. And in all of his mistakes, I simply see a moment where he just fell off of, of, of the goodness that he is. And I think that, that we have that same mentality though, that we're like, man, I'm trying so hard, God, to be a good boy. Right. Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking? Like, I've never once thought that you weren't like good. Like mm-hmm. I, I have made you good. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. the, uh, and I think in the, that that's the power of the cross that it's yeah. Jesus who, who was the only one who never fell short from his goodness, mm-hmm. uh, allowed us to like to share in his own goodness that I am baptized into Christ Jesus so that I, I just think there's so much power in just not allowing the cross the power of the cross right now in my life allows me not mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. fall into this moment of like man like I, I'm just a screw up and I can't do this no like there's there's so much goodness inside of you and Jesus mm-hmm. Christ came and he 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 put to death, all of that darkness mm-hmm. so that you could experience life. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. It the, is. You know, the, you can't, you can't separate the, the understanding that like Brad, as you were suggesting the mm-hmm. archetype that's established in the old Testament, that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, it's like this image of when a, when an issue happens and when a transgression is committed, mm-hmm. that it's connected with a sacrifice in order mm-hmm. that it might be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I, I do love that, and even as, as even as you're speaking, I'm like, yeah, but I know we always want to go to yeah, but <laughs> yeah, we yeah. it's so weird. Yeah, I, I think it's it's and I you're right in the sense that we we need to examine our conscience and go to confession because there does need to be a sacrifice mm-hmm. and to, uh-huh. to um and, and and but but I I think we actually we we cheapen the power of the yeah, cross we when do. we. Um, when we make it about us as opposed to just the gift of yeah, Jesus. but it's actually it's it's the partaking in the sacrifice that that's the thing is like it's when I sin it's as if I didn't put the blood on the doorposts it's as if I had accidentally yeah sacrificed a lamb with a little spot on it it's not it's it's not that I'm like it it's not that I should divorce myself from that and I think that's what I want to speak to the church today is because like so that came from some place. Right. That I think it came from a place, if we're being honest, I think it's that the Catholic Church tries to make sure we don't fall into the once saved, always saved boat. I do. I think that's the reason that at times mm. the Catholic Church can not not in her beauty and amazement and perfection, but in her people, the people can try to stand so firmly in the fact that it's not once saved, always saved, that it sounds like a cheapening of the cross. Mm-hmm. And what I'm, I'm trying to do is kind of like mesh those back together. It's like, no, it's, it's that we haven't stayed in the nuance long enough. It's that like the power of the cross has overcome all things. It's how connected am I to the cross right now? Mm-hmm. That, that's the only question. The only, I can't make the sacrifice just like in the like time of the, the Passover, like, 
I, I couldn't sacrifice something besides the spotless lamb. That was the sacrifice. I just have to partake in the sacrifice. That's why mass is critically important. That's why personal prayer is critically important. That like that that is what it that's that's what it is. It's yeah. that I and that's why I think we should have crucifixes everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Because when we look at that, the immediate thing should be, Lord, am I connected to that today? Yeah. yeah. Am am I with you in that today? Well, I think that the thing that's hard for us too is in our human relationships, we don't know a love that is um, so crazy that it will forgive us no matter what all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that like mm-hmm. it, it, it almost, it, it's, it's almost um, unfathomable mm-hmm. to believe the, the gospel uh, and to believe the power of the cross that I can fall over and over and over and over and over again. I can fall gravely over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And, you know, I think sometimes in our context uh, of the world, even marriage, which is supposed to be this this sign of the love of Christ and the mm-hmm. fidelity of Christ, it's like, well, uh, as long as the per- like, if the person's unfaithful, well, then, I mean, I guess divorce makes sense. You know, yeah. like, we are, like mm-hmm. we have this idea, but, like, that's what we, we can be, like— like gravely unfaithful to the Lord Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again, up to the point of death. And the Lord will still take us back every time, every time, every Mm -hmm. time, every time it's unfathomable. And we just don't even see this kind of love in this world. So we project our human limitations. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine, like imagine loving someone who's unfaithful over and over Mm -hmm. and over Mm -hmm. and over. I mean, like maybe like, okay, I'll forgive you one time, but then they do it again. Okay. I'll forgive you again. And then they do it again. And then, okay, I'll forgive you. And, but that's the power of the cross. No matter what the mercy of God is unending. It's, and we don't have, like, you can't find that no, in it, human relationships. It's only a divine orientation of God to forgive in it such does an make us uncomfortable. Way. It does make us uncomfortable. It brings me to this um, movie that had come out. I think it was called Silence. Mm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about a, uh, like a, um, I actually, I can't even remember the full context, but a priest went to some foreign land to bring the gospel. I think it was Japan or something, but I'm not certain. And, um, there was just persecution happening. And um, in order to save your life, the authorities would come as they would get frustrated with Christianity for spreading like it was, and they would have you openly, like, be, um, what is it, like, when you renounce the faith? What's that? The apost... Um, I don't remember the word, but apostasy. Yeah, thanks. Um, like to perform apostasy, to like to renounce the faith openly. And what you would do is they would have like an image of Jesus and you would step on it and renounce the faith. Yeah. And in the in the movie, again, I'm forgetting all the details, but the point will be made nonetheless. Like there's this guy who every time the authorities come, he steps on the face of Jesus and renounces the faith. And, and regularly in the movie, they show him going back to confession and back to confession, mm-hmm. and back to confession. And you're just like, stop going, dude. Yeah. Like, actually just stand <laughs> for just, something. You're angry it, it actually him. pulls, it yeah. pulls that in, whatever that is, it pulls that in you. Yeah. It pulls that like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, just actually stand for something. And now again, there's actually, what's so funny about it is there is something right in that response. But there's also something really wrong in it. Yeah. And it's really hard to wrestle with. That yeah. like, Man, my life in the Lord should change me. Yeah. Like I should look different. Yeah. Yet, if I don't look different, yeah. I'm not different in his eyes, yeah. which is 
just absurd. It's it's absurd. Well, this is the absurdity for the Gentiles. It's not just so the gen, the the reason the cross is an absurdity to the Gentiles isn't just because we're called to lay our lives down and mm-hmm. sacrifice to find life. That's that's an absurdity. But the other absurdity is yeah. What? What? You're telling me that this man loves so recklessly mm-hmm. that no matter what, it's it's uh, it's absurd yeah. and. And we don't, I, we don't even believe it as like Catholics, right? Like to the, to the extent where it's like, well, okay, if if you're unfaithful with your spouse fifty times, mm-hmm. you're like, I guess that's reason for her to like yeah. to, to to leave you, right? Like mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. that kind of a relationship mentality is like the father's just like, I will take you back, I will take you back, I'll take you back. Mm-hmm. And so in that we find our salvation, and and mm-hmm. we just find this incredible, insane love, right? Yeah. Secondly, in the cross, I think we we talked about Aaron. You you highlight we find our identity, yeah. right? That Jesus Christ, He died to teach us how to live, and mm-hmm. if you will, the 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 image of Christ crucified is the image. Uh, you could basically say this is the school of love, and this is a school mm-hmm. of life. That it, in the cross is mm-hmm. the the teaching of what it means to be human. It's yeah. where we find our essence. That's awesome. You know, there's a. I, I was I was reflecting just this morning. I was preparing for for the show and. Uh, you, you've got this image of the apostles who, who each of them, with the exception of maybe John, died mm-hmm. martyrs' deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Yet none of them, with the exception of John, were actually faithful to be present for the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. Like that, huh. that even, even in the midst of our faithlessness, mm-hmm. consistent faithlessness, like that, that, that God, God shows us something here mm-hmm. that teaches us about the fact that, like, Hey, if you want to be like me, mm-hmm. this is the way to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the way to live your life in such a way that that you can actually come into a place of, of like finding. I don't know mm-hmm. your, your your destiny fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, right. It's what you were identity. created for. Yeah, it's where your identity found. John Paul II, in his theology of the body, he talks about like that gen- like Genesis, and you know, it's it is not good for man to be alone. Yeah. And he creates everything, and it's like it's good, it's good, it's good, it's, it's good. very good. Yeah, it's very, and yeah, it's, very, it's not. Yeah, good. and then there's this like tragic moment of creation where like God's like, "This is good, this is good. Oh man, I'm awesome, right?" Yeah. Like, and and then all of a sudden, it is not good that man should be alone. It's almost mm-hmm. as if God looks into himself. And says like, what's next, right? And then he creates man, uh, woman, and mm-hmm. I, I love because uh, John Paul II mm-hmm. calls this the nuptial cry, right? The marital cry, where he says, "Finally, man, Adam." He says, "Finally, bone of my bones, bone of my bones flesh. flesh of my flesh." Yeah. He, it's like yep, you yep, almost yep. feel this pining where he's looking all over, like, like, yeah. who am I? What am I? Who am mm-hmm. I? Who? Like, what does it mean to be human? And he's trying to yeah. figure it out as he looks at creation, and nothing in creation is answering that question for him. And then when woman's created, he sees someone that he can give himself to that he it's like finally and mm-hmm. it's a he he discovers in the creation of woman what it means to be human it, and to be human is to be gift mm-hmm. and and Jesus comes in the world and on the cross he gives himself mm-hmm. to us to show like this I, I am the image of how mm-hmm. to give yourself as a yes. gift that I will pour everything out mm-hmm. for the sake of the other and in that mm-hmm. is, is our humanity is yeah. uh, is found and well, discovered. It, it's almost like our relationship with hope too. I was just as you were talking about that nuptial cry it's it's almost as if like man at some point realized right that it is not good for man to be with God. And so forever they were looking for a Messiah that like, it's not good for man to be without God. So we looked and sought and couldn't find. And then Jesus came and at last Mm -hmm. bone of my bone. 
and flesh of my flesh, a savior, like someone who can do this, mm-hmm. you know, like someone like me, yeah, someone like me who, who goes through the same things I go through, uh, who's tempted in the same ways I'm tempted, yet lives above reproach. Hmm. And like, just what a call that is, you know? And I, I just, I do, I think that reveals something about our identity as you were talking about, Dan, like if, if the cross is nothing else, it's at least the revelation of the heart of the father. Yeah. And it's, it's that I will spare no, I will, well, I will spare no thing. I will spare nothing to have you back again. Yeah. And I think that like, I I go back to just even the Abrahamic story, right? When Abraham makes covenant with God Mm -hmm. and how God foreshadows the cross in the sense that like, again, not to like belabor the point, but like in Abraham's time, right? You would, you would cut open animal sacrifices to make a, a covenant, right? So you would split the animals open and you'd lay them on the two sides and then you would go in the middle with someone else and shake their hand. And ultimately the covenant would be, I commit this to you. And if I break this, let it be done to me. What's done to the animal sacrifices around us. And we should do that more often. We should bring that (laughs) back. Yeah, I I think so. Well, we kind of do with the cross, right? Like, like, because what happens is that, yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to keep it in line. Um, but, um, Abraham's like waiting there. Right. And you could almost like feel he's probably getting ready. Like, he's probably like, I really need to mean it when I, when I make this covenant with God. Yeah. And then the Lord shows up. And when the Lord shows up, he doesn't, he doesn't even draw Abraham to himself. Rather, he, he shows up and he walks as a light in the middle of these animal sacrifices and then, and then disappears. Yep. And like, what do we, what, what, what do we need to take from that? Well, God's coming and instead of bringing Abraham in, he's saying, I'm the one who makes the covenant and I'm the one who bears the consequences, yeah. Yeah. right? Like I'm, I'm the one who promises and I'm the one, if you break the promise, who reestablishes the promise. And like, if there is anything that says sonship and being an heir more than that, I'd like to hear it, <laughs> right? That like... Well, okay, let me give it to you. Here's no, the father, right? Yeah, well, no, maybe the prodigal it's, son it's, because it's, it's the same type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the father I, waits. I, I, I think a, a great activation for those listening would be to just go in front of a crucifix and to just to say, this is who I am called to be. Mm-hmm. This is how I am called to live. This is who I'm called to be. This is how I'm called to live. Because mm-hmm. I think that um, we talk so much about identity nowadays, right? And mm-hmm. and in the in the sharing of the gospel, which is so good. I'm so like mm-hmm. all the identity messages are amazing, but sometimes they they can almost feel to like they they can be they can be they they can become uh, self, feel good happy talk. yeah happy yeah talk. like happy like mm-hmm. where and we forget that no actually to be a son and, and to be like into the sonship of jesus christ it, is to not only conform to his resurrection but to conform to his death as mm-hmm. well and mm-hmm. that uh that our call is to be christ crucified mm-hmm. um and in that we discover who we are. And so that's almost like the sad thing is if you don't know that and if you don't live that, you don't actually live. So yeah. it's not, this isn't like in order to get the resurrection, you have to die. It's mm-hmm. not like you want the good thing. So you sacrifice that, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. actually, no, no, no. The cross is good in and of it's like, it, it, it's good yeah, for right. you to die because 
in that death, you discover like what Mm -hmm. it means to be human. You discover life and you actually won't know how to live your life fully Mm -hmm. without that to, to live life uh, without a sincere gift of self is a life that's actually not even lived. Mm -hmm. Imagine like there, there's a reason I don't want to go there, but (laughs) another way of looking at this too. I mean, I think that in the course of our conversation today, a lot of the statements that we're making are sort of like, okay, if you're in a place of comfort, then that's good. Choose the cross so that you can find mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of one of the uh, certain one of the beauties of of the cross is that uh, Jesus unites Himself, and as you said, Dan brings value to those who suffer. Most people who are suffering don't choose it in order to find resurrection. Yeah. Well, yeah. we do, we don't need to. Right? Suffering is just right. It's like a part of all of our existence. So don't you don't have to go looking for it. You know. Yes, of course. So so. The message of the cross is is a way of saying like, is a way of it's truly a beautiful way for where Jesus mm-hmm. he looks at those people who all of us mm-hmm. in our in our weakest times in our darkest times mm-hmm. and says I know I'm right. here with you mm-hmm. like that that I'm I'm present with you and I think that's the last I was suggesting the three ways that the cross is the power of God is mm-hmm. is it's, it's our vehicle of salvation mm-hmm. it's our identity and then it's our purpose and in okay. that. That last one, we can experience purpose in our suffering. Yeah. Uh, that our suffering has meaning and it has value. That there's there's a redemptive nature to mm-hmm. suffering. And mm-hmm. I think that the the two, um, that second one, identity and purpose, they they, they shouldn't. Um, it's a both and in our life. So mm-hmm. like both, we all do have suffering in our life. Mm-hmm. That there's but there's also this idea of like from the identity standpoint. Okay, actually, no, I can choose to live a life that is laid down and given up for others, right? Like I can mm-hmm. I can choose to live a life that's for me or I can choose to live a life that's laid down yeah. for others. And and so on the identity side of things, let's choose that life, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's like how can I live my life for the sake of others? And then when we find ourselves in those moments of suffering, then we ask once again, okay, what's the purpose behind this? How can I allow this to be united to the redemption of, of, of souls like, mm-hmm. uh, through Christ. Yeah. Well, and, and just like in, in the, in part of the narrative too, right. Is that like, as a son, when is it most difficult to uh, trust your father and mother in the midst of suffering? Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus said was, let me come into the very thing that might keep you from your identity and show you that it can actually be the vehicle unto your identity, which will give you your purpose, right? Like, and and that's I I love that about like um, I I love that about the word redeem, right? So we're saying redemptive suffering. That means it's part of the redeeming work of Christ, which means we need to reflect on Him as redeemer. To deem is to speak authoritatively. So something at the beginning was spoken authoritatively that this is very good, right? This is very good. And then in the fall, something else was spoken, Mm. right? So the entire course of salvation history is to get back to what was deemed at the beginning, which is why you need a redeemer. Mm. So in the midst of that suffering, the redemptive part of it is that once again in that, because Jesus suffered like I'm suffering, I can deem my existence still as very good. Yeah. Like that is what it is. Like, again, like we can look at it through a ton of lenses, but in a very pragmatic way, I can be in a state of suffering and say, and so too my savior suffered. 
And therefore, I don't have to cast this off as bad or very bad, but I can say that in this, Jesus is here and it's very good. Now, again, will it be even better when he raises me into resurrected life, transcending this suffering? Of course it will be. Because again, the cross without the resurrection is Lent without Easter and it's miserable. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, in the midst of that, I can redeem, I can speak authoritatively because what was ultimately spoken in the cross, mm. that this is very good, that I'm with him and he's with me. I love that. I, I think of the, um, I, lo- I love closing my eyes and just meditating on um, Jesus Christ crucified and Mary uh, at the foot of the cross suffering. And because you just see this image of like, uh, so many different elements of of human suffering all at once. You have the physical pain and anguish that the Christ was under. You have the, the spiritual, yeah. You have the 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 humiliation, the betrayal of friendship. Mm-hmm. You have the the spiritual anguish of like, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? You have the the human anguish of the heart with Mary to her son, seeing him uh, suffer, and then the, the the once again spiritual anguish that Mary's like this confusion or pondering of like. What's going like? What is your plan, Father? And, um, but in all, like, what made their suffering in that moment bearable? It was their united purpose. That mm-hmm. that what makes suffering bearable is purpose, and that the, there was purpose to Jesus's suffering, and it was a salvation of souls. Mm-hmm. There was purpose to Mary's suffering, and it was mm-hmm. a salvation of souls. And so, mm-hmm. when their when their purpose. Um, I mean, when their suffering was aligned with their purpose, suffering becomes bearable. And I think those who may find themselves in a place where they're like, man, I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep on going. Like, I I wonder, have they, uh, have they attached purpose to their, their Mm -hmm. suffering? And, Mm -hmm. and when you do the suffering almost, um, it doesn't disappear, but it, it, it it loses its authority over you. And, and the purpose becomes what's authoritative. And that's why you, you can actually reach a place in your spiritual life where the saints, they speak of this, uh, spousal union or that this, uh, mirror spousal, like this, um, uh, spiritual marriage with the Lord, where no matter what suffering is happening in your life, there's this interior tranquility, this interior joy, this interior peace, because I am so in in union with the purpose of God in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and so united to my bridegroom and his 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 cross, that actually the 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 suffering of my life it's mm-hmm. it's there, but it doesn't have a hold on me, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. It is, yeah, because it seems like the purpose, right, is um, just bringing in that that theme of redemption again, right? Because when I unite those different offerings to my sufferings. I'm actually not only bringing myself, but everyone I'm interceding for back to very good. Like if when God made man, he looked and said, it's very good. Then when man comes back to God, we can look and say, this is very good. Right. So that, that actually that purpose that I have, like when I'm suffering and I think about the, the people in my family who don't know the Lord and offer it up for them in that sense, or if I'm suffering and I offer it up for the people that have never been able to hear the gospel, like whatever it might be, my entire disposition that whole time is that it's very good to get everyone back to the father. Because again, that's what Jesus did in the cross. Yep. that I'm actually partaking in his work because I want everyone back to the Father. And that's what Jesus wanted, and yep. it's why he hung Amen. on a tree. I love that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, in my, in my own practice, in my own life, uh, I, I, find, I find oftentimes that there's, there's at least one day a year when I, when I sit back and I reflect on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe the, the takeaway for me from today would be 
um, if there's any if there's anybody who's who's listening today who who find you find yourself on Good Friday sitting down for a good reflection, you know, watching the Passion of the Christ, that mm-hmm. maybe maybe the cross is a place that we need to return to um, with with some more frequency to mm-hmm. to have access once again to what is it Jesus that you're teaching me here? What lesson do you have for me today? What what word do you have to speak about my identity and my value, and my purpose, and and how do you want me to step forth and to live from this? As uh, listening to, um, <clears throat> you know, we all have our own little like preachers that we love to listen mm-hmm. to, and there's this one uh, Southern Baptist missionary guy I like to listen to, and he <laughs> he uh, he was at a seminary, and um, he starts his message with, "I'm going to talk to you today about uh, the cross." And he, he said, you know, it's, you're probably disappointed that I'm actually going to speak to you today about the cross because you've already heard this story and you've already heard this message enough. And, and he said, and we have this desire as Christians to, to jump into all these different theologies and doctrines and definitions. And we just want to, we want to go all over the place. And, and that is, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. But he said, but the, this message of the cross is the most important central message of our faith. And we can never talk about it enough. And mm. I think we can never pray about it yeah. enough um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. There's, it, it is, yeah, there's just so much to be learned. Let's, uh, let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, Lord. Um, today, bring us into a new love for the cross. Bring us into a new understanding of this mystery, Lord. Allow the mystery of your cross to to hit our hearts and to hit our minds in a way that it never has before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus, your your sacrifice was enough. Your sacrifice was was sufficient. There, there's nothing more than we need, uh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I pray that 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 reminder would be made present to us, not today, but every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we when we come to a place of believing that I've got to fight for this on my own, mm-hmm. or that I I'm the only one who's looking out for me, uh, or that everything rests on my shoulders, God, you, you've you've taken the burden and the weight, you've 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 won this day. Mm-hmm. We unite ourselves to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I'm getting a sense. There's just um, someone who's had back pain for uh, in their life for a long time, and the Lord is is. Um, giving you purpose in your suffering right now that uh you've just been going through life and this pain has been in in your life but it's been unredeeming towards others and the lord is aligning you right now with a new purpose in your suffering that that god is going to give you an intercessor's heart that as you suffer um you're going to you're going to become an intercessor for others so lord i just pray for this person and for all people who have pain and suffering in their life that you would give them purpose in their suffering mm-hmm. yeah and lord you say that whoever saves his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it or will save it. And so Lord, we pray that right now that in losing our lives into the mystery of the cross, that you would help us to find it in a new way, that you would help us to save it in a new way, that you would bring us new purpose and Mm -hmm. new identity, and that you would just root us in the fundamental amazement of salvation. So Lord, thank you for the gift of your life for ours, and we unite once again our lives to yours. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets 
mission. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, St. Gabriel Radio, for all of your support. And we want to encourage all of our listeners to like, subscribe, share, do all the things uh, that you do with the podcast uh, to help allow this message to impact more people's lives. God bless.